0: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Diversity in Research podcast. My name's Lachlan Smith and I'm here with
1: Jakob Feldfuss-Christensen.
0: And we're going to spend the next half an hour talking to you a little bit about what we're hoping to do in this podcast, what it's all about, who's it for, why we're doing it, and the sorts of things that you can expect. So what is this podcast about? Well, Jakob... What do you
1: think this podcast is about? <laughs> well, I, um, as the name says, we it should be about diversity in research. Um, in recent years, there has been a lot of talk about diversity. It's been a, a growing subject in, in many discussions, uh, and uh, you can see how that's especially when it comes to gender in research and more women in research, um, and you can also see that there has been many universities, especially in Europe, has a it as a as a goal to increase their European funding. And a premise there is always international collaboration. And which is good and interesting. And in this day and age, nobody can solve a research problem on their own. So it is just a Collaboration and diversity is just a premise for uh, for conducting research and and managed research today. So we have tried to look into it and see what it's all about, and also because perhaps it is uh, approached with a bit of naivety from many. It's uh, there's just an expectation that of course this is going to. this is going to work out just uh, fine and um, our impression is that's not necessarily always the case.
0: I I think that's absolutely right and I think the thing that really fascinates me about this area is that it is growing, it is becoming more prominent, it's it's becoming an area where people recognise that diversity, so diverse research teams and diverse uh, management teams um, can be really effective in in making research projects better. And and as we move through these strange times that we're living in, and international research becomes more and more important, I think tackling this issue is is opportune. It's the right time to be doing this and exploring what it means. You know, what what does diversity in research mean? What does it mean to researchers? What does it mean to people in research administration? What does it mean to funders what does it mean to us as people who work in in this kind of area so i'm, I'm really looking forward to exploring this over the, the coming weeks and months
1: yeah and also to to say to to the different people both the the majority people will will obviously be both be talking about this from. You can say the, the classical researcher perspective, which in many cases would be would be the white heterosexual cisgendered man, uh, but and which of course is how does it how does it look for them, but also for the rest of us who are parts of minorities, whether they be due to sexual orientation, uh, physical ability, uh, race, ethnicity, gender, um, all these things that sets us apart in, in groups and sometimes makes it difficult for people to, to perhaps proceed or just express their point of view in, in, in different contexts when it comes to research and have all the dimensions uh, represented in this and to, to work out uh, how this could work better.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one thing that we, we agree on and we, we talked about way back when, is mm. that you know, to, to, to make sense of this and to actually make progress and, and help research to be better, researchers to be better, we need everybody involved in that conversation. Um, so it doesn't matter where you're from what your perspective is to improve systems to improve the way we deliver research then everybody has to be part of that conversation and 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 that's I hope we can bring some of that to this podcast we we're aiming to bring some of that to this podcast over the coming weeks
1: yeah and also to 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 bring the the narratives forward it's easy to to approach this as a on a theoretical level or a, talking about the tools and and we do that as well in 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 our work and we'll get obviously get back to that as well but the aim here in this podcast is is more to to bring the narratives and, and talk to the researchers and the research managers themselves and hear how they deal with it in 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 their daily work and life and uh, Because this is what fascinates me and I think both of us about this is that when we talk about diversity, it often becomes very personal. These are are delicate matters because it's often things that are very, takes a lot of, of, it's important to us. It's part of our identity, to some extent at least to be, part of a be part of a a minority and when we're not recognized as such in our daily life it it becomes a it becomes an issue and that is what is so interesting about this and not dangerous but it's of course it's complicated it's it's not easy uh, to work with and we need the we need the stories and we need the discussion and to to move forward and make it uh, easier for everybody to 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 be part of this and that is why it's hopefully interesting for both uh, researchers uh, uh, experienced and new and research managers and administrators who are part of this uh, world of research in one role or the other
0: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, you alluded to the fact that some of these conversations might be difficult as well and we're under no illusions here, you know, we're, we're going to be talking to a range of different people over the coming weeks and months, um, some who have some really interesting insights and stories and some with very different perspectives to our own. and, and, and some of those conversations will be challenging and we hope they're challenging for the listeners as well because we know they're going to be challenging for us Um, but it's important that we have these conversations to to help take us forward
1: yeah and perhaps I can that can bring us a bit to where why we're doing this and why we're hosting it because that was that was the outset for this uh, uh, almost Almost two years ago now, um, I
0: think so. Yeah, yeah, it is.
1: When I we both went to the I norms conference in Edinburgh, and I gave a presentation on this because it is it had been on the back of my my mind. And we should perhaps uh, <laughs> full disclosure here tell that we are obviously white cisgendered men, but we are also openly gay men. Um, and that is part of our our personal experience and our personal reasons for for moving into this topic Um, and what interested me back then I worked with internationalization at a university here in Denmark was the fact that some there was a whole naivety about it or naivety is a bad word but so there was no ill will here everybody had good intentions mm. but there was still this idea that it all worked together perfectly and we should just give room for minorities and that would then it would be good and and without starting a blame game it was like but as an openly gay man i can't go everywhere uh, and if i was a researcher and i couldn't necessarily if we had a collaboration with countries where homosexuality was illegal what was i supposed to do did we just expect that to work out fine or could i go there or if not who should help me with that and i mean that is just from our narrow perspective and if you open up to Discussions on gender and race and stuff like that we will obviously see that it is not as easy as it seems uh, when you just focus on the good intentions that are of course good so that was the, the outset that I, I, I went and gave to this presentation for a small audience
0: Yes, it was, but I, I, I remember when I went to iNorms, and it's the first time I've been to, to INORMS. Um and based in the UK, I've been to the, the ARMA conference here, Association of Research Managers and Administrators a few times. But it was quite exciting to go to INORMS and to get um a more international perspective. Uh, and I remember when I, I spotted the abstract for your talk on in the conference guide, I was I thought, oh that's that's the one like, that's the one session I want to go and see. You know, like you uh, I'm a gay man, I've worked in uh, sort of research in higher education for about sort of eight eight years, I guess now, and in various different guises. And I've never really seen us being represented in any way. And, and so to see that as a conference topic looked brilliant. So I went along and as you said, it was a small audience, but the audience was very engaged. And I thought the really interesting thing that you did in that presentation was you took a cultural intelligence lens to the problem and and tried to get people to think about how culture um, plays into these interactions in international research collaborations. And it was kind of on the back of that, I think we spoke from memory, we spoke briefly at the end of the uh, uh, workshop and exchanged sort of contact details or LinkedIn details and things like that and thought, oh, we should continue this conversation. I don't think any of us had any idea where that conversation was going to go. Um, whether I, We certainly didn't imagine it might turn into a podcast one day. I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. But <laughs> since then we've started to work, well, we started to have more conversations together, I guess, around what, what we could do and, and the sort of different challenges in this area. And at the time you were still working uh, at a university in Denmark. At the time I was working as a director of Cloud Chamber, where I am now, and at Cloud Chamber we we were already working with universities, um, mainly around research support, so mainly around helping them to you know write grant applications, do a bit of career development for academics and things like that, but we were getting already more of a sense from Uh, the universities themselves, but also research funders, that they were starting to take diversity a bit more seriously. This wasn't just a uh, tick box exercise. Mm. You know, they recognised that diversity was important for some of the reasons we've already talked about, uh, but that you have to take it seriously in in the grant-giving process as well as the research management process. So we've kind of continued the discussion Mm along those lines and of course since then uh you, you've left that university and here we are doing podcasts
1: we are and, and workshops shops and and stuff and yeah it's been a it's been an interesting couple of years uh that uh, from and as i at least something to to put out there is to say you never know what will come from a a conference presentation uh it might take you in in mysterious ways uh when it comes to your your career (laughs) absolutely uh
0: i mean i one of the things that that we did we we probably it was probably a year ago i don't know it's hard hard these days when you're all working from home to get a sense of timelines but we started to explore more seriously the idea of developing some some workshops and and actually trying to find ways of supporting research managers and and researchers themselves. And I I was lucky enough to go to the ARMS conference in Adelaide last year and and gave a presentation about the experience of LGBT researchers in international uh, sort of research settings. Mm. And, And like your presentation, it was a small audience, but like your presentation, the audience was engaged and actually you could sense that the audience was starting to understand that this is an issue that everybody needed to take more seriously diversity in its broadest sense and we've continued to work from there um, to where we are today um
1: yes so if we should perhaps just go back to to the whole what was at the core of the presentations and mm-hmm. at the core of our work is this whole notion of cultural intelligence that we have. A, that is, a, it's a book by by the same title, "Cultural Intelligence," by Elizabeth Plum, um, originally in Danish, but also in, in English. It's a Highly recommendable book. And yep. what what I like about this notion is that first of all, it's something that can be trained but it's also it adds the idea of a of the structural thing uh around it that culture it's just not about empathy it's not just about uh, co- uh, social intelligence or emotional intelligence that we are always part of cultures in some way or the other that forms us Uh, depending on how we uh, depending on the context we're in and i think that's part of the whole and i think this is especially true in academia that there has been this whole notion about professionalism and excellence that is only related to your area research and Mm -hmm. your uh, bibliometrics Uh, and that in that sense, and it is true that you, I mean, more or less everybody in, in research today speaks English. There is a almost a, short, a, a shared uh, language and to some extent a shared culture, but only to some extent because what we tend to forget is that we, researchers and research managers and administrators are also a kind of human beings. <laughs> we are yes. We we, we we move into this with with our uh, with all the luggage we have. Maybe nationality, uh, being gay, uh, 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 gender identity, uh, your race, a physical disability, your age as well, and it all forms who we are and how we look at the world and not recognizing that both as a a way of contributing to research that you could draw on people in, and their experiences as, as human beings and not just a a phd thesis yeah. is is i think it's a shame we don't do that but it's also we should also recognize that that of course makes it it makes us all different and different and differences in culture is sometimes difficult we know that from when we're on holiday and we they eat strange foods at strange times and uh, some of them uh, uh, are very loud some of them are not and we have all these um, i mean this is obviously banal uh, but if it is like that when we're on holidays, probably the same when we're moving in an international setting in our work life.
0: Absolutely. I think that's absolutely right. And I think it's amazing even when you're working across international boundaries within research settings or with institutions or in countries where you think the culture is actually quite similar to your own, mm. you'll find that there are, there are differences and sometimes those differences can make a significant difference to the way research is undertaken, to the way you develop a collaboration if you're not uh, or if you don't understand them, if you don't know where they come from, if you don't know how to to work with them. I mean I've I've been lucky in my career over the last few years to spend some time in Kenya and in China doing some work in collaboration with institutions there. And there are lots of similarities. You know, there are lots of similarities, but there are some key differences and they're not always explained to you before you get to places. And yeah. you learn as you go along. And I think one of the beautiful things about cultural intelligence, as you said, is that it can, it can be learned. The process about thinking about it uh, can be learned and, and keeping your mind open and not going in with assumptions about the way people might work or cultures might work is such a helpful starting point for when you start these collaborations
1: yeah and perhaps more importantly than what you'll learn about everybody else is what you're going to learn about yourself yes Uh, i think that is uh, probably what what surprises most people when we talk about this is that this is not only a question of learning why the all, why everybody else is strange and how to ignore it <laughs> but it's actually it's actually more about understanding why you yourself are strange and what and how you can find a a shared common platform of communication and behaviour that is better than ignoring each other or uh, hiding yourself or uh, getting upset about the uh, about stuff and confronting your own yeah as you said assumptions about everybody else and uh, what we would talk about as biases and and uh, and stereotypes and as you said we have them about. I mean, yeah, you're Australian. If I should, What yes. are my stereotypes about uh, Australians? I have absolutely none because Australia is on the other side of the world. I, I mean, I have absolutely no idea about it. But ask me about the stereotypes and biases I have uh, concerning people from Sweden or Norway and Germany. And I could go on for hours about how absolutely crazy they are And we, of course, think they are because they are the cultures that look the most like our own. Yes.
0: It's fascinating stuff, isn't it? And actually, you could spend hours and hours talking about it and talking about those differences. And the more you talk about it, the more you start to unpick what those differences are and start to understand them. And, And like you, I mean, as you say, I grew up in Australia. I've lived in the UK for about 20 years now. There are some similarities between Australian and British culture. There are some big differences. Uh, some of them fit the stereotypes. Some of them don't, in in my opinion, but everybody will have their own take on that. But until we met, hmm. I, I don't think I'd met anybody from Denmark. I didn't really know much about Denmark, other than Copenhagen was in Denmark. That was about the extent of my knowledge. Uh, so I didn't have any particular preconceptions about what, danish people or danish culture is like but i'm starting to learn and it's great (laughs) start to learn what's different uh and what that means for working relationships and what that means for things like cultural intelligence more broadly
1: and i think what is also interesting i know of, of i know of denmark and probably also to to some extent australia is that in to some extent Denmark at least is a very homogenous society Mm -hmm. Uh, so you have to growing up in a small village in the outskirts of Denmark and Denmark already being in the outskirts of, of Europe yeah I mean it was a very very homogenous society both when it came to Uh, race and all the gender stereotypes and uh, everybody more or less share the same norms and values and stuff like that so you get a very very narrow sense of what is normal in quotation marks and uh, that of course that that of course makes it uh, a bit more of a challenge often when you you suddenly find yourself in an international context and also being uh Also being gay, and in that sense, being a, a sexual minority.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've we've just spent five minutes, haven't we, talking about culture and the culture mm-hmm. of Denmark, culture, Britain, Australia, wherever you might be from. But then, as you rightly said at the end, diversity, inclusion, getting the best out of people mm-hmm. is more than just culture. There is no cultural intelligence is a fantastic lens through which to look at some of this stuff. But sexuality, gender, race age, disability, whatever it might be, are all other factors that will play into that as well, which makes this such a fascinating yet tricky area to talk about and and, and to understand and to agree on. And sometimes there are no uh, right right or wrong ways necessarily of going about things. Uh, Perhaps it's more about your mindset and the way you approach these challenges.
1: Yes, because it will and I think that will be a, a recurring topic, especially when we talk to researchers and research managers, that even if you talk it often becomes a, a personal narrative. But when we get to talk about this and how people have worked with it, it will be it will easily be very meta. It is is, is all the time being able to analyze both yourself, your behavior your approach to other people how do you conduct meetings how do you uh, talk to people how do you behave in this or that context and in that sense it I mean it can sound <laughs> to some it, people can perhaps sound quite exhausting but I think it is it it is fascinating and it is fascinating to to find out how much you just take for granted what you just consider normal and never uh, would have um, never would have thought about and I, I remember I took part of YaMA um, the European Association for research managers and administrators in their first cohort of certified research managers and I rem- and we were a group of seventeen 20 people and we uh, had an, a number of workshops and we discussed I can't remember what it was, but we discussed something uh, research management related at at a workshop. And uh, I was there with a couple of uh, women from Sweden and I think someone from Norway. And we were like, blah, 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 blah. And then you can just do this and blah, 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 blah. You can do that and you can blah, 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 do this. And then someone from Spain just said, oh, that's just such a Scandinavian thing to say. (laughs) Yes. And I mean that's that's just within europe and we have this sense of i mean a shared research culture and especially within europe and we haven't and i hadn't Mm. thought that of that that you made a decision and then you just executed and that would be it and everybody was on board and then yeah no no that's not how it works um
0: that must have been quite an eye-opener at the time
1: (laughs) (laughs) it is why why didn't i realize that why didn't i think about that and you just you and especially when you're in i think when you're a research manager at least when then suddenly when you find yourself uh, at uh, supporting a researcher who is a principal investigator on a project and you're in contact with all these researchers and uh, and research administrators uh, that are involved in this project you suddenly get another sensitivity to all the things that that appears to go wrong in the way you had planted and you get a sense and they had just have different cultures and you have to respect that to some extent and that makes it more complicated but it's not only about submitting the proposal but it's also about everybody actually enjoying the process because if the client comes through you have to collaborate for three four five years after this
0: and that's something that people don't always remember do they uh you you go through the establishment of the collaboration developing those working protocols to put in a funding application but yeah if you get it there's there's two three four five years worth of work ahead of you and and getting those foundations right at the beginning to get the best out of people and make sure you've got the best team just becomes even more important.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's, I mean, those are some of the topics we will also move into when we in this, uh, in this podcast, we will of course have some interviews with, with researchers and research managers uh, both on 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 specific topics or or on their personal backgrounds and the role they play in in research and research managers, but we will of course also have some uh, thematic episodes where it's perhaps just mainly you and me talking mm. about what is cultural intelligence or on biases and stereotypes or. Uh, Perhaps a specific uh, role uh, that you you can take on for uh, as we're all both uh, openly gay men. Perhaps we'll probably do an episode specifically related to uh, LGBT uh, issues, and sometimes do some cross-cutting episodes with interviews from uh, from uh, with the. Uh, bits and pieces from different interviews that uh, are around a a certain topic and to get some different perspectives uh, on it. And hopefully we can also have uh, some conversation with some of the authors of some of the books that uh, inspire us and move us forward um, and bring different perspectives to, to uh, to this topic.
0: We're really looking forward to it, aren't we? We've got some interviews already lined up Uh, We've got some people who have agreed to speak to us. We've already got... I I think we've got some really interesting perspectives coming up. Uh, People working in international collaborations, people who have worked in different countries and studied in different countries. We've got some people who have done some research uh, around some diversity issues in, uh, in the higher education sector. And as you say, we hope to talk to some authors of books, and I think that's going to be really exciting. Um, we sort of hope we hope you'll agree. We hope you'll all agree and join in.
1: Yeah, and we can perhaps um, start with the teaser for our for our first uh, episode, which uh, will be uh, an interview with uh, Dr. Felix Riede, who's a professor of uh, archaeology at Aarhus University, and uh, he first of all he was born in germany did his phd in the uk and now lives uh, in denmark uh, yeah as i said a professor of uh, archaeology at Aarhus university and uh, so he's moved around he's been part of uh, archaeological excavations where there were international teams and now he runs his own team uh, he has a, a number of grants but recently he got an erc consolidator grant so we talk about that about hiring people being part of an international uh, um, uh, collaboration his role as a supervisor and a leader but also especially does what does getting an ERC grant obliged in 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 the context of uh, diversity? And um, he's, a, apart from being a really nice chap, uh, has some great uh, reflections on, on these topics. And um, I think you can all look uh, very much forward to, to hearing that uh, interview.
0: Yeah, we hope you can join us for that. Um, and that should come out in uh, about a couple of weeks' time. Uh, a couple of things to say i guess before we we wrap up uh if you've got ideas um for topics or you'd like to get in touch with us and um, perhaps be a guest yourself on the podcast or you can recommend somebody else to be a guest and then, then do get in touch uh, and the details should be uh in the notes under the podcast uh and the last thing that i i think you know is really important to me is that you know for me personally uh you know when you go through life you, you're, you're on a journey you're going into different settings different environments having so grown up in australia worked in the uk you know came out you know i came out as a gay man in my early 20s after struggling with it for a long time uh i'm now out in i think pretty much every aspect of of my life but i'm still learning and mm. and i you know I'll probably get some things wrong over this podcast. Uh, I'm very happy to learn and get different perspectives. And we hope everybody can approach this topic in in that same way and and be open to those different perspectives and and understanding different people's experiences of diversity.
1: Yeah. And I think that's perhaps one of the main, if not the main point of this is that we just have to try. We will all, all say or do something stupid that we regret and somebody might take offense of something and the important thing there is to to learn from it and try to make it right and make it better and not uh, hide behind it or or fear or out of fear of doing something wrong not do anything and pretend that uh, the diversity uh, or isn't isn't there
0: spot on um and so i look forward to learning through this process uh and i look forward to hearing from everybody out there and so i think that that's about it for our first episode um we hope you've enjoyed the conversation uh and hopefully you can subscribe and listen to the next episode with felix in about two weeks time
1: yeah and if you like what you heard, please recommend it to everybody you know that, uh, that is in research, research management or anything else where a diversity and in internationalisation could be interesting.
0: That would be great. Thanks a lot.
1: Yep. Right. Talk to you soon.
0: See you later. Bye-bye.